Alright, so good afternoon everyone. Uh, it's afternoon here uh, at El Kudra's volume podcast, uh, the podcast that's supposed to make you think. And today um, you're with me, Hanisa, uh, and our episode today is called Hustling to Sleep. It's as much about the hustle as it is about the sleep. So um, I'll, I have three guests with me, really good friends. I'll let them introduce themselves uh, and then we'll get started. So are we going to start with left or right or the only male? Right? <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Afra. I am currently a master's student in the Malay Studies Department at NUS. Um I am writing my thesis on religious harmony in Malaysia. Yeah. Hi everyone, my name is Hazik and I am a final year student in NTU studying sociology. You're a what student? A final year final student. Final year student. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm also the co-founder of a social enterprise called Project Nomad here in Singapore and we operate both in Indonesia and India. Hello, my name is Atika and I'm currently working at the Attorney General's Chambers. Um, I graduated from NTU in Linguistics and Multilingual Studies. Mm. Alright, so you can... Uh, and then there's me, uh, Hanisa, <laughs> who um, I freelance and uh, have a business, a nature-based business, Social Greens as well. Um, and with regards to sleep, uh, I would say I have a regu- semi-regular sleep cycle. We can explore what that means later. What about you guys? What, what do you... Um, know about your sleep stuff? Um, I try to sleep before 12 on work days. And then on weekends, it kind of just depends on how tired I feel or how many series, how many, how many episodes of a particular series I'm willing to watch. <laughs> so you actually have time to watch your series. That says something. Yeah, that's right? what you get when you get out of school. <laughs> a lot of free time. So I think for myself, uh, my sleep cycle, to be honest, is quite irregular uh, because I'm actually running a business. So whenever I tend to like get enough sleep, I try to get sleep. But um, other than that, sometimes when things just pop out of sudden and you have kind of like a very short time to get tasks accomplished, then I have to sacrifice a little bit of sleep. But I do make up for it in other aspects that, you know, probably we'll talk about later about uh, sleep not just being the only way for you to recuperate what other activities you can actually do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine, it depends on which part of the year it is. So during the semester, I think it's kind of semi-regular. I also, like Atika, I tried to sleep before 12 if, you know, it's possible. Um, but then during the weekends, it changes. And then once the semester is over, like immediately on the last day of the semester, my sleep cycle suddenly changes and... It will remain like that for like the whole holiday until the next semester starts. So it's it really depends what I'm doing and which part of the year it is. It really sounds like hibernation mode. <laughs> part of the yeah, year. that's that's the interesting thing. Like one of the reasons I asked Afra was because I know that in the holidays she just becomes nocturnal, literally. Like she will message me back in the middle of the night, and then I'll be asleep, right? And then uh, when I message her today, I don't get a response. <laughs> So then she'll tell me like she's awake till like three or who knows what reading or something like that. Yeah. So, but what about you guys? Like, um, do you have weird sleep habits? No. <laughs> Hasik looks like he has something in mind. 
I think probably among all of you have the weirdest sleep cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and and the reason why I say that it's because um I don't think it's it, it's good. Uh I'm still trying to like fix my sleep cycle because sometimes that uh when you really have a lot of things to do, right? It's very difficult for even to go to sleep, especially when things are very urgent. When you want to kind of like just go to sleep, things just pop out at the back of your head. And then, you know, sometimes I could be on my bed for like two, three hours, but I just couldn't sleep. And I thought that, you know, you know what? I probably need to tire myself out. Uh, so I started doing work, but recently I found a fix. Um, <laughs> so I've been exercising very, very, very often. Uh, and every day I would spend at least two hours exercising. Um, and that's a way for me to make sure that I would go to sleep because I'll be flat out super tired. Uh, and I start fresh the next day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exercise is definitely a way to sleep. Like, um, I, when I first started doing freelance work, uh, I did not, I was not tired when I was at night. Cause like, there's some days when I just don't have any assignments, right? So literally, I would just be doing like chill stuff. Like, I, I could be doing laundry. This, that's quite chill. I could be like, <laughs> tell us, tell us your extremes. What are the extremes? No, uh, extremes when it comes to sleep actually doesn't exist right now. My extreme when I was ever sleeping was, um, in school. So I remember when I was 16, um, I could go with half an hour or two hours of sleep a day because I was trying to finish schoolwork and also because I travel from Tampines to Clementi for school for six years. No, no, no. For, for, for 10 years. Yeah. So I used to really be so tired that all I wanted was sleep. If there was a break time in between classes, I wanted sleep. If you ask me what I wanted for my birthday, I wanted sleep. <laughs> I'm serious. It got that bad to the point that I I told myself I could not let myself do that anymore. And that's why I'm so... I would say I'm more disciplined about my sleep than a lot of people that I know. Yeah. So, so that's how extreme I've been. But okay, let's go Let's go on um, exercise. So you mentioned exercise really tires you and that's a cycle or like a... Um, something that you make sure you do every day, right? I know, um, city exercises. Yeah. <laughs> and you've been trying to do that regularly. Is that for sleep or is that for? Uh, no, it's, it's really just a personal thing. I, I got too, I don't know, work is just too sedentary. And I felt it. I felt super sluggish. So exercising was just my way to be a bit fitter. Yeah. But, but it was a, yeah, but but it did have that kind of positive side, if um you know, side effect where you just fall very easily tired when you get back and you just fall asleep very easily. So, I think I gotta agree with CT. I feel like um because I'm a kind of guy that when I need to get things done right, like I cannot just stay and do nothing. So like whenever like I just sit down and do nothing right and not feel tired, I'll get mentally tired. So for me, like whenever I exercise, right, I feel that it helps in a sense that it keeps me more focused. It makes me even feel more active. If I do nothing or like I have energy that I don't use, I feel super lethargic. It's weird, but somehow that's how I function. So somehow like whenever like I exercise, I just feel pumped and like, all right, like I'm ready. I like, 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 you know, I'm set for the day and I get my stuff done. But if I don't, I just feel like, uh, yeah. So, so somehow it helps in me focusing and it helps in me getting tired getting tired at the end of the day to go to sleep that's good i wish as in i understand how you feel so during the summer holiday when i reached that terrible sleep cycle it's not just three or four sometimes it got to five or six a.m i would fall asleep 
and I would get up maybe at 12.01. It was very unhealthy. Um, and by the time I got up, I, half the day, of course, is already wasted. And even though it was the holiday and I'm not doing much, I still felt very exhausted. I just didn't, my body didn't feel healthy at all, even though I was getting sleep. But the the feeling of not doing anything productive and not having a routine like I do during the semester just made me feel lousy so for that reason as as weird as it sounds I hate school holidays because I feel useless and I feel like my body is just not shutting down but you know it could be doing so much more like like Hazik said so exactly every one of our bodies (laughs) are wonderland (laughs) according to John Mayer according to John Mayer not to me John Mayer said that (laughs) That should not be taken out of context. It's <laughs> <laughs> off topic. But okay, sleep aside, we we did we do talk about like rest in other ways, right? So I know Hazik was gonna go straight into that when we first started. So we we can go into that now. Um, what what do you feel you need to rest other than sleep? Okay, so um, for me, I enjoy alone alone time. So whenever I feel like. I'm just socially tired. Okay, so for me, I'm an introvert, so there's only so much social battery that I have. So, uh, 9 to 5 is really all that I can afford. So if I really feel super tired um, socially after that, I tend to take a long bus ride home. So instead of a 40-minute train ride, I just take a two-hour bus ride and I just have some alone time in the bus reading a book or something and that's how I just, you know, recharge myself before I start again the next day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the same for me. So I think last semester, um, I thought that it would, it would be good if I spent every day on campus, even though I didn't have to go every day because I thought it would be a way for me to get work done. But then I realized I would always see people when I was sitting in school and I was teaching five tutorials last semester in addition to going for graduate classes. So this semester I decided I can't, I can't work with that. Um, so, I work from home this semester and I literally only go every Thursday and alternate Wednesdays. Um, because I realize I can't, I can't keep sitting in school. I'm tired of that environment. So change of environment, I think is a good form of rest or a good form of break for me. And yeah, social break as well. I, similar to you, I'm introverted in that sense. Like I do have a social battery and, Sometimes I chuck my phone aside. I don't check WhatsApp for five days unless I get an important message. Um, yeah, it, that's important. I, I think for myself, um, my rest is not exactly like rest in like f- physical rest, right? So for myself, I realized that when I started to do work, um, there's a lot of things that I love to do that I kind of like forego. So things like rock climbing. Um, and I used to do like professional skateboarding and I start, stopped that. Um, recently I realized that doing all that actually takes up a lot of like dead weight kind of like in my mind and it helps me to be a little bit more happier, a little bit more productive, like, you know, that kind of like balance. Uh, so I mean, I'm pretty sure Hanisa or like, you know, my friends know that I love hiking. I love nature so much. So I make it a point for me to always go to mountains, for me to kind of like just reconnect with nature and recharge. Uh, and I make it a point to pick up skateboarding again. So every weekend, I will spend just two hours to three hours just kind of like go skateboarding. Uh, that's something that I try to commit to because somehow I feel that when I do all these kind of things, when I go back to work, I feel happier somehow. Like I could focus more than just work 24-7, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I I get you on the nature level. As in, uh, although I also get you guys on the on the social level. I feel like, um, I used to be extrovert before I got into uni, and then I became. <laughs> What happened? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened, but there's just this very clear awareness. Um, so I need my alone time, but I also feel like if I'm not in aware or just spending time in nature, I get very drained. Like I just, I, I it for me, I don't need. It doesn't need to be a mountain. It could be me sitting outside my uh residential block area, looking at the sky, or the trees swaying. Done. Then I'm done. <laughs> I can go back in. Yeah, so there's there's different forms of rest for me. But then now that we're talking about um different ways that we rest, right? I think we also get a glimpse of what our um priorities are like, like with our different schedules in life. What what do you guys think are your priorities in life right now? Is that a bit abrupt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think like how how do I link this? <laughs> okay, I mean, um, the way I would see time being spent is I sort of divide it into like family time, work time, I guess, uh, other activities time. <laughs> so my priorities in a way is it's always family time over anything else, like provided that there's no work exigencies lah. So, um, you know, um, for example, I have some event I have to attend this weekend, but oh, suddenly a family event pops up, and then nope, sorry, I'm just gonna go with my family. Yeah, so for me, it's really just yeah, family time will be my priority. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, family time is definitely a priority. Although I think in my family, it's difficult to say what is family time. Um, but that's another reason I decided I should just work from home this semester because I'm at home most of the time. I can help my mother, whatever, if she needs help with anything. Um, just being present at home, I think that that in itself already is one of my ways of trying to commit myself to my family in that sense. Um, and then, of course... My social life, I wouldn't say it's a priority. Like, if my friends need me for something, if I haven't seen my friends from secondary school or from my undergrad years or something in, like, a few months, then I set aside, like, a day in the weekend. Um, but otherwise, you know, I don't I don't say yes to every invitation or group meeting that comes along. Um, and now students are my priority. So I, that's, that's my, that's a new commitment that I have to consider. Um, and I forgot to mention earlier there. So we have physical rest. We have social rest. I have intellectual rest as well. So constantly reading academic material is very exhausting, right? Um, so I make sure even on the days that I'm extremely exhausted, I have to read like 10 pages of a novel before I sleep because to me that's that's my way of um what's the word winding down or recharging that sounds like opposites but yeah you, you get what I mean so reading also is a break for me reading is your intellectual rest or yeah <laughs> reading reading novels which are much le- less taxing on the mind um you know whether it's historical novels or romantic novels whatever it's it's that makes a difference to me. Instead of spending the rest of the week working on a thesis or teaching and just reading more academic materials. Has it? 
Yes. Silent and pensive. <laughs> um, so I guess for me, um, we're talking about purpose, right? So Priorities. I don't, yeah. So for me, like, I don't have a very, how do you put it? Like a black and white kind of, um, contrast as to where my priority actually lies. Uh, of course, to me, like the most important commitment is, uh, because I run a social enterprise. So, um, it's my responsibility to make sure that the artisans that I work with in village areas actually do receive, uh, you know, a, a good income to sustain their lifestyle in those villages. So I make it a responsibility and that has to be something that I always am committed to. But apart from that, when it comes to balancing within other aspects of my life, such as like, you know, my, hobby, family, uh, my social life, every week it changes. So it's, it's it's not fixed, right? So for example, like um, it depends. Like this week, if there's something really important happening with my family, so I will make that the priority. But if next week, for example, there's something really important happening with my friends, I spend more time with my friends. So it's fluid in that sense. Like I feel that every party, they will need you more in certain period of time and less during certain period of time. So it changes for me specifically. Uh, but of course, when it comes to, for example, my social and family life, it's very intertwined because my family and my friends and my friends are my family. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then that, that makes it hard for a calendar to work out though. Like, you, you know how some people charted on their calendars this week is that I, I keep a very close tab on my Google calendar, especially because uh, there are a lot of things going on as well. And I feel like if I cannot see the next months, right, it bothers me. Like, I just cannot. Then how do you do that? Oh, I, <laughs> as much as I need to keep, like, my lifestyle kind of, like, organized, I really hate um, having, like, grids. Be- yeah, like, I, 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 cu- I couldn't. I just feel very, very constricted. So for myself, I think the beauty of what I do is that... um. I pretty much can schedule and move things around, right? So, for example, I have 10 tasks that is supposed to be completed this week and then three other tasks come about. I can always reorientate the deadline of which task I want to get done by when as long as all these 10 tasks is completed by the deadline. So, you know, there's, there's, there's that um, sense of being able to shift things around still within what I do. I don't know if that actually makes sense. It does on a on a short term kind of basis, you know. Right. So yeah. so when you mentioned about long term, could you give like some example, probably that so so then I could tell you how I yeah, probably might yeah. have done I, it. I don't know. Like for me, um, I always think I need to have uh, what's in a few. I I don't know. Honestly, this is something I've been struggling with for a while because I'm not doing what I expected to be doing two years ago. Three, three, <laughs> three years ago, maybe. I, Afra knows because, like, I'm pretty sure I talked to her when I graduated, when I have left my first job, and when I am now. So, but I find it both annoying and important that I don't know what I'm doing in the next five years, but I still want to know. Do you, do you guys think about stuff like that? <laughs> Wow, this is both Hazik and Atika. Like, every time they don't have anything to say, I have to go first. No, I could, I could. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, I think I've learned to let go. Um, so, I actually spent 
one year being around in India, right? So before that, I feel that my life is bordered by, you know, for example, just literally in an A4 paper and I need to be within that. But now when I'm in India, like I experience the way that they kind of like actually live their life you know like you could get things done without having that border around you know at the end of the day intention versus rituals um you could shift things around and somehow that have worked out for me really really well because i know that so like doing business for example right um you have to kind of like come out with plans and so on and so forth but even like during my daily life as much as you would love to plan at the end of the day, you know that if things are not meant to follow the plan, it will not follow the plan. So I've come up to the point whereby, you know, um, I don't know, probably like just kind of like tawakal sometimes, you know, that if it happens, it happens. You put in the effort, you try to make it happen. But if not, then, you know, just be free, like be free spirited in that sense. Take it as it comes, you know, and you transform yourself. You transform yourself from what comes uh, when it comes. You transform yourself. That's pretty deep. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think, um, I, I can resonate with that. I've never, this is something I mentioned to you earlier as well. I cannot lead my life having a five year plan. Like I just, I can't think that way. I can't think into the future like that. I, I literally just take everything as it comes. I mean, of course, I plan in the sense that I use my calendar and record whatever, whatever, um, whatever I'm invited to or who wants to meet or what event there is and stuff like that. But I don't designate like one weekend to this, one weekend to that if nothing comes up, you know. Only if something comes up, then then it's like that. Otherwise, I can't, I can't see myself. I, I don't know what I'm going to do in five years. Now it's just finishing the master's program and then working. I don't know what I'm going to work as. I haven't thought about it. I feel like I can't think about it until I graduate because... My mind is sort of compartmentalized in that sense. I have to um, fulfill one priority or one step before I can think about the next. I think for me, I'm a bit more similar to Hanisa. I'm a stickler for plans. It's like I have five-year plans, (laughs) ten-year plans, you know, like, um, yeah, so I really have a, you know, put pen everything down in my organizer, that kind of thing. And the way I handle my day is that um, I need to know what's happening the next day so that I can preempt how much maybe like social energy I need to prepare. So if something unexpected comes up like, oh crap, I have to attend another event after this particular event I have planned for, then that's when I get a bit angsty because <laughs> I did not prepare myself for this. Yeah, so yeah, I, I'm a big stickler for plans and I, I really don't like it when plans change. Yeah, and for me, um, five-year plans are sort of important to me because um, when you plan five year things five years ahead, it's more of the important events. Like for example, maybe marriage or getting a house, something like that. And those kind of things like take years for you to prepare for. So that's yeah. So I guess five year goals are more for like the big things. Yeah. And they're still pretty vague to me, like it's not like something like, Oh, I'm gonna get a house at this particular state, you know, that kind of thing. It's just like Something to bear in mind, but not something that, you know, you really pen down and work towards to, like, very intricately right now. Yeah. Yeah, like, if we talk about plan from that perspective, then I guess, yeah, I do plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. So, Hansi has a plan. <laughs> no, so, so, in a sense that the plan that I have is, like, a direction and certain timelines, right, of, like, when things should happen. But when you talk about executional plan... 
I do not want to have that for oh, right. the next yeah. two months. Yeah, you know? No, no, no. One yeah, wants yeah. That. I don't want that. Yeah, either. because because I feel that it you should be fluid and mobile enough to 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 move, right? But when it comes to um, when am I gonna be doing what? I I have some kind of like plan, and I feel that that is important. So I guess for me, like direction is there, but executional plan, um, you kind of like do it, but not like three years down the road, all the execution plan is laid out. Hmm. Okay, then I'm going to push it a bit further. I, I don't know whether it makes sense to do that. But okay, for me, other than plans, right, I also have like a big ambition, life goal thing. And then for me, in my head, I'm always like, am I getting there? How am I going to get there? And then what always bothers me is that I honestly don't know where I'm, how I'm going to get there. Like, my life, my life ambition goal has always been, um, I'm going to be working in the, uh, international development humanitarian sector. That's always been where I want to be. <laughs> I mean, inshallah. But then, like, um, I always thought I had a path to that. So, I studied pharmacy and I thought, okay, like, it's sort of medical, you know, I'm probably going to get there. And then, when I when I finished pharmacy, I realized, eh, um, humanitarian people don't actually want pharmacists; they want doctors and nurses. Yeah, and then, uh, it's probably a bit uh, of a bomb to drop. But then I didn't I didn't pass my pharmacy license either. So then I'm like, oh, then how am I gonna get into that like humanitarian path? And that and then I just I just kept going. I just kept looking for like, um, should I work here? Should I work there? And I'm always thinking of that end goal. And then I just get bothered when I can't think. I don't know. Yeah, do you, do you guys have life goals like that? And then like, does it bother you as much as it bothers me? <laughs> I think it's, I mean, it's good to always take a step back and, you know, evaluate where you are now and, and see whether where you are now is sort of like in line as to where you want to be later. I mean, from a personal point of view, I guess, um, I've always wanted to do law. But as I was doing linguistics and multilingual studies, I realized, oh, I like linguistics too. So upon graduation, I felt like, what do I do now? <laughs> so I guess that's why I joined um, the Attorney General's Chambers. It's it's a point where I decided like, okay, let's see where this goes. Let's see if I like the legal work. And after that, if I decide like, maybe this is not for me, then it's time to take another route and see whether I should go back to doing linguistics, that kind of thing. So... It's important to take a moment to, you know, step back and look at where you are. But it's also important to decide, <laughs> like, like, what you should do next. Because, I mean, if you're just stuck there, it, you're never going to get your answer, you know. So, yeah, decide what you want to do and then see where that goes, I guess. Yeah. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's silence with thought. Yeah. Silence means content. <laughs> content. Uh, okay, do not. <laughs> can you please stop saying things that can be taken out of context? Don't say that. What? I don't think it's been said in nice context. <laughs> okay, but I mean, like, I guess it, like, for Hazik, right? When it comes to making this kind of big decisions about being like a social entrepreneur, and like, have you made an announcement that you're relocating? No, not like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Siri's gonna drop an announcement. Yeah, so Hazik is relocating to Malaysia at mm-hmm. some point in time this year. So, yeah. This year? This, this year. year, right? Next month. Oh, oh next month. <laughs> yeah, well, so, okay, so I soon. mean, it's not, a, it's not a very easy decision to make, I presume. So, like, for you, 
What? What? Could be- <laughs> was it easy? <laughs> was Say it easy? something, Hazik. Don't of. give us face signs and facial kind expressions. Of, kind of. It, 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 it was kind of clear to me. Um, so I guess one thing about me is that when it comes to this kind of decision making, I'm, I'm very clear. Um, like I know for some people, they kind of like get very easily attached to not wanting to leave things behind. But I just feel that I live in a globalized world. <laughs> and if I go just next door, I could always come back. Like me and my family is not, you know, technically like super separated. I can always get back home. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but like, is that your out, your take on life in general? Like when it comes to making decisions or facing dilemmas, like what Hanisa was facing? Mm. Still am facing. Wait, wait, wait. Like, <laughs> could, could there a little bit of like an Islamic perspective on this? Can, can. Yeah, yeah. That's why we are all Muslims sitting together. Right. So, so I think like, I think like it's like the concept of hijrah, right? Um, you, you don't, you don't stop your journey. If you feel that there's value in this, in, in the journey that you're going to take, no matter where the journey actually takes you, you just get going. Um, and inshallah, like Reziki will come, path will open up, but do not be afraid to take that leap. So I think that, is something that I have always done. Uh, it has taken me to a lot of places. I've seen a lot of beautiful things. And if because I've experienced and internalized it, I do not fear it anymore. Um, and I know that if things doesn't go well, life doesn't end there. You know, there's constantly like this concept of hijrah. You keep searching. You keep going further. So for me, um, it's not that difficult of a, a decision because I've done it before. Yeah, I feel like that deserves like a round of applause. <laughs> like, yeah, wow. definitely. I'm I'm suddenly reminded of Hazik's okay, not not his near life death experience, but his loved ones. But yeah, that I'm I'm not sure whether that shaped the way you're, you're thinking right now. Yeah, you're nodding. You have to nod with sound so that people who are listening can hear the nod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I don't nod with that kind of sound. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but but yeah, I guess like a couple of things um actually led me to change my outlook in life and one of the biggest things that changed my life literally was my experience in India. Um I hiked in the Himalaya alone for nine days and actually got washed in the river. So yeah, like um you could find the story. I think someone wrote about it online. Someone wrote someone, about it online. Like think Brit Britaharian, I think. Yeah, but uh, Was it the one you told? No, okay, I don't know. Yeah, I remember he, you you told it to a minister before. Yeah. With your cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the story? Yeah. I thought I th- it was on a mountain. Yeah, it's on a mountain. It's but a- then what, where's the river from? There's river in the mountain. <laughs> no. Himalayas. Okay. Uh, you know, you okay. got like your eyes and then when it melts like a, a stream and then it becomes a river flowing down. Uh, yeah, so like I got, yeah, I got, I got washed when in the river and... And during that point of time, um, flashbacks of me when I was way younger, it just like popped back up. Um, and I was thankful to be alive afterwards. But the first thing that caught my mind was that the first images that I see was images of my family. And family has never played an important role in my life back then. But it's funny because when I look at the flashback of me, it wasn't me as a first person. It was me as a third person. So there's something that is quite strange that was happening there. And I thought to myself that, you know, if I had gone on that day, what have I left for the people around me? So that has like a very strong impact in my life. Um, and it led me to, you know, live my life differently. Yeah. What about you guys? Any kind of similar experiences? 
No, I mean, Alhamdulillah, I've not had such experiences. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've never had a life... I mean, there was only one time, but it wasn't even like a life-death experience. It was more like... It, it was a weird feeling when I was going to go sleep. There was one night when I was in hostel uh, in residential college, I remember. Uh, I had no idea why I couldn't sleep and I kept thinking something really bad was going to happen and I was going to die. It, it was a really strong... I could think of it as irrational fear, but that that really got me to change my sleep routine. <laughs> not, not my night routine, but basically that that's one of the reasons why I do uh, Salat Taubat before I sleep every night. Because I, I remember sitting up thinking if I died before I asked Allah for forgiveness for anything that day, then then that would be the end of me. Yeah, so that that's the closest I got to a life and death thing. Yeah, but if we're talking about family, I would say um, that has been a, a a struggle when it comes to life for 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 a while. So, for instance, like how has it make it's really easy for you to make a decision with really radical things. It's harder for me because I feel like I'm always doing things that my family doesn't like and my family does not expect. So, um, deciding not to do pharmacy. Oh, not expected. Wasting away my uh, university, not expected. Um, even coming today, I didn't even tell them I was doing a podcast today because I don't think it's something that they would look as uh, using my time purposefully. But it is to me. I, it's just really hard to convey that and then decide that it's what I want for myself. I, I think I relate to that. Everything that I do, like literally I think I am the black sheep of my family. So I was from SMU and imagine uh, my parents really wanted me to go to university, right? And I had no intention of going to university. Like I'm like straight out, I don't want to enter uni. I'm not interested in studying at that point of time. I entered because they want me to. I didn't know what I was going to study, so I googled highest paying graduate job. <laughs> Somehow, I end up in a course that was supposed to pay me quite well. Mm. Uh, and two weeks in, I was like, I hate this so much. And then I went back home, I was like, I just quit school. So obviously, my parents flipped. And, and you know, after my parents flipped, and then I said that, you know, I wanted to go to India, and they flipped even more. And then somehow, you know, everything that I do, they just disapprove. Uh, but somehow or other, I feel that the main reason why our parents think that way, it's just their concern about us. Um, throughout my journey, I felt that once they are able to see some kind of like indication of success or know that, you know, we know what we're doing. That's when right now in my point of life, my parents are very supportive of what I do because they know that, you know, I'm not just playing. Um, I set my mind to it and actually make it happen. So it's this like literal metrics of progress that, you know, makes them like, okay, you know what? I'm not so worried about my child anymore. Uh, that's my perspective. Mm, yeah. So, so we talked about sleep and rest and priorities and our current engagements and scheduling. I think we've covered everything that we need to cover. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But okay. Um, what, what do you guys want to talk about though? Like when you, when I, when I asked you to come to do the podcast together, right? Is there something that you, you wanted to express or you wanted to hear from other people? Yeah, like... So, Afra, what is your most productive time for you to do your readings? (laughs) (laughs) 
You mean you literally came down here to ask her that? <laughs> I mean like, it's in her field. I would love to know. I'm trying to do my FYP this semester. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, considering that you're relocating, it's kind of difficult for me to, to give you tips on that. Uh, but when I was doing my FYP, my honest thesis, um, I had a routine a daily routine. So I would go to school every day. I would get there at nine. Um, I would write all the way till lunchtime. Then we would go for lunch, maybe about for an hour. We'd come back, do more writing, go for tea around four, around four o'clock maybe for half an hour. And then I'd go home at six and I wouldn't touch my thesis at all at night. So at night I would do whatever it is that I wanted to do, whether it was watch TV or read read a novel or not do anything. Oh, so you write from 9 to 4 with breaks in between? I wrote from 9 to... How many words is your FYP? 15,000. Wait, so it's a routine from 9 to 4 every day? For so one semester. Yours is, is yours one year, mine's in the final semester. So how many words do you write in a day? So I didn't do it like that. I didn't. Right. I didn't go by how many words I wanted to write in a particular day. It was more of which section I could finish. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. I think we'll speak more about it after before <laughs> after it record. gets too much. I mean, yeah. too, too off topic, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say it's actually on topic because I I met City for ramen before this, <laughs> and then and then she said that she was actually looking through. Um, what we were going to discuss today and she thought about productivity. Yeah, but it, it, she can share. I, I don't know what she had in mind, but go. Um, I think you mentioned um, different people have different ideas of productivity. Yeah, so I mean, um, based on what you mentioned just now with regards to uh, maybe families having different ideas as to how you're living your life, like whether it's productive to them or not, I think um, coming into the work environment, I feel that productivity at work is measured a lot by KPIs and your reports, your performance reports. But I guess you have to understand that life is, you know, your life is... KPIs. Yeah, yeah, it's not about KPIs and stuff. So I guess we all just have to determine what's our own definitions of productivity. And it's all going to be different, but I mean, that's fine because... You know, I think the world needs a lot of different people with different ideas of productivity because if not, then we're all just going to be doing the same thing and it's going to suck. Yeah, so I guess for me, um, my idea of being productive would be something that makes me a better person and makes the society better. So like, for example, I go to the gym because it makes me a better person, like physically. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm taking a driving license because it makes me a better person in terms of like, <laughs> you know, I can be more independent. People, <laughs> makes you a better person in that sense. Yeah, then I won't be a road hazard, right? Yeah. So yeah, maybe this could be the question for the rest of you guys. Like, what's your definition of productivity then? Including Hanisa. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. Someone else to say something first. <laughs> yes, Safra, you've been pretty silent. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess I think again, productivity depends on what stage of my life that I'm at, right? So, um, at this point, again, because I have a new responsibility to my students, so productivity to me would be how much knowledge I can, um, 
impart it's not the word impart to my students um so how i see they respond to me at the end of a tutorial if i realize that they have taken the message they have learned something new to me that is a form of productivity on my part um with regard to my own studies my own thesis is also something new that i've learned um that's relevant that's going to be relevant to my writing productivity also in terms of my overall emotional well-being, how I feel at the end of the day, I think that's very important. Um, yeah. That's basically it. Has it? Good stuff. <laughs> um, I think for myself, being productive is to be able to add the biggest value to the people around me, to what I'm doing in that point of time, because value in the sense that input to output ratio. Uh, and what, what does that mean? <laughs> what is input to output ratio? You know, basically minimum like... <laughs> minimum <laughs> input? What? Minimum Say input, it? maximum output. Well, really? Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's productive to me. <laughs> it doesn't... Uh, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get my head around that. That means you do the minimalist thing to give the biggest impact? You do what you need to get the biggest impact, basically. Oh, like smart, smart working. Uh, working smart itself, working hard. Mm, it could be both. Depends how you look at it. You know, it could be, it could be both ways, right? So, for example, if it's something that has a requirement and then you need to meet this requirement, right? Uh, for example, yeah, let me think about an example. Okay, I couldn't think of an example right now. <laughs> imagine there's something, right? And, and, and there's a requirement, for example, for you to kind of like get this proposal up and running, right? For example, you have five things in your task, right? And this proposal is for a client, for example, and this is what the client actually needs. So if the client actually needs that, don't put in your 190% and give more than what the client actually needs, right? Because at the end of the day, you have other aspect of what you need to do in that business that you oh. need to focus on, right? So, Mm-mm. so again, when you talk about minimal effort, it means that making sure that you do that task efficiently so that you get the thought, the task done so you could focus on your other task. Uh, that is what I meant by maximum output for every input that you put in. But it could also be in a way that it's not about minimum, but it's just about the output. For example, if you do things, if you're thinking about things from a more macro perspective, like right now I'm trying to uh, improve the livelihood of villages, right? So there is no such thing as a minimal input in that, right? It has to be maximum output. So it depends on the task that you're looking at uh, per se, yeah. And of course... The last aspect of productivity, like what Afra mentioned, is also to one's own well-being. So again, it also means adding the biggest value not just to the people around you, but also to yourself. Because if you don't add that value to yourself, you wouldn't be in a very good mental and physical health to add value to others. So mm-hmm. it's like an ecosystem, I feel. Mm. Yeah. I actually don't have an answer. What John Mayer said, your body is a... <laughs> no! Wonderland! <laughs> I don't think that's what he meant by the song. <laughs> yeah. You got that right. Uh, I don't know. I really don't have an answer for that. I've never thought about it as what's my idea of productivity. It's always been a... What, what's my purpose? So, okay. What's it's the same thing. What is like a very efficient day? How does it look like to you? If you do define like productivity in terms of efficiency. Oh, okay, okay. Um, okay, I, I have an idea of that then, I guess. For me then, 
um, I I want to be of the most benefit in all my skills possible. I don't know if that makes sense. Like for instance, the the reason the reason why I am living my life this way, I'm very glad that I got to where I am now, is because I I'm able to balance everything that I enjoy, but I also feel I can um, contribute to. So for instance, I have enough time for family and be of my best to my family. I have enough time to uh, be a pharmacist once a month at health serve clinic for migrant workers. I have enough time to um, do the helpline at aware for women in need. I have enough time to be good to the environment and people through my business. Like I just, if I can touch base with all of this at any one time, at all at the same time and balance that, to me, that's productivity. Because I, f- I feel like I have... Everyone has so many skills. And if we don't maximize all of that, we're going to regret it. Like, as in, if we don't use everything that we have to be of much good as po- to be as of as much good as possible, yeah, then we're going to regret it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's my idea of productivity. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the podcast session number six, Hustling to Sleep. So today, let us thank our fellow guest speaker, Hanisa, Siti, and Afra. So let's give them a virtual round of applause. So Hansik has become the host for the podcast today. <laughs> Thank you for your session. Uh, I mean, thank you for listening to this session and I hope it's beneficial to all of you. Yeah, I hope it is to all of you. They were, they were quite heavy topics. I think that's why we just just became silent. <laughs> and if you like so. this session, do not forget to like, follow and subscribe. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Uh, that's the part where you know you tell them what's your handle. Okay, so, so I guess I guess we'll we'll end it here for for the podcast volume today. Uh, uh, the podcast episode today um thank you so much everyone for listening um i hope you guys learned something from it uh i'm still thinking about the stuff that we talked about uh but yes if you like the episode today there are more episodes of volume uh look it up um stay connected and thank you so much uh to hazik uh for thanking all of us thank you. <laughs> a <laughs> thank pleasure you.